Hi, everybody, and welcome to Girl Club. And, you know, it, you can tell we're, like, really back live because we're really late getting started this particular Saturday. Um, and uh, I'm just going to dive right in and say hello to my Girl Club regulars, Nova Page and Christina Boudreaux, who are joining me this week. And, hey, you guys. Hi. It's good to see those faces. It's good to be here. Back. I know, I know. See, for, for you guys who've been watching, um, the last two weeks, we kind of pre-recorded so that uh, the girls and I could have a vacation, you know, a little bit of a summer break. So we we got to have that. But we've been having powerful conversations about dating and coupling. And we're even going to get to breaking up in a godly way for, for those of you who are trying to figure out what sex and the single lady is all about. And um this is a response also, and I didn't even realize it, but this is kind of a response, you guys, for some of our viewers who kind of felt like, hey, you know, maybe they watch an episode or two. And because Nova and Christina Reynolds and I are now married, they were like, well, where's the conversation for the single girls? And Christina Boudreaux is a single girl. And um, I was single a lot longer than I've been married. So we have a lot of, I think, a lot of wisdom, I think, that God has really you know, blessed us with, you know, and, and, and as, as a song uh, that was famous back in the seventies and don't ask me why, cause I was such a little girl when this song would be on the radio, but it really made an impression on me. I couldn't have been, I swear I couldn't have been more than like, I don't know, six or seven, but the lyric says, Oh yes, I am wise, but it's wisdom born of pain. Yes. I've paid the price, but look how much I've gained. And if I have to, I can do anything. I am woman. See, a lot of you guys won't even remember that. It was, it was sung by this American artist named Helen Reddy. Why, and like, why would that make such an impression on a young girl? It's so weird. I think about stuff that made an impression on me, especially music from my, my youth, because I think, I don't know, I think in some way uh, there was something about the truth of those lyrics that I just knew. I knew was was going to be true, you know, that wisdom sometimes does come from pain, you know, and 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 we pay a price, you know, for the wisdom that we gain. So I'm grateful for you guys because you have a lot of wisdom and I know that you've paid your own personal prices, you know, to have what it is that God has given you to share. And for all of you watching, the only thing different, I think, from you and from us is that we've just decided to submit and surrender our journey to the Lord. And let him use us to overflow into your lives and into the lives of those that we minister to. Um, we're all in, in some way pastors. Um, Nova has the gift of, of worship. So she's also a worship leader. And, um, you know, and we all have a gift of evangelism. So I thank God for giving us the ability to, to be gifted in that way and, and to see him move through us in that way. Right. Like what an honor, you know. So it's good to see you guys. Good to see y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to share a story with you just before we dive into this conversation today. And now I'm trying to remember. And I know it was it was something that Lenny shared with me. And I thought, what a great story to share with you guys. And now I can't remember. Now I can't something remember. That something that happened to him? Yeah. It was a baby thing. Oh, crazy. Yes. So, 
Yes. So thank you, CB. So one of our spiritual sons, who is a professional basketball player in the NBA, was sharing with me that he and his wife had a miscarriage. Um, and uh, she was 11 weeks old. And he was like, I'm okay, mama. But, you know, I know it's hard maybe for women. Sometimes women can take this really hard. And Christina Reynolds has been quite candid. Uh, for those of you who've been Girl Club regulars, was sharing about her experiences through her miscarriage. And um, anyway, I was telling him and I was telling uh, Nova and CB this morning that I know from different accounts from people that those babies are in heaven and that you'll see them again. And and I know that, know that, know that for sure, because it just got affirmed yet again a few days ago when I was talking to my brother, Lenny. And for those of you who are fans of Lenny Kravitz's music, that would be Lenny Kravitz. And Lenny, Lenny was like, okay, you know, I'm not like the one who's gifted and who's, you know, telling people, I got a word of knowledge for you and blah, blah, blah. He goes, but I'm telling you something crazy happened. And we have a very dear friend uh, named Dodd, who's a very famous actual weight trainer. I mean, he got Denzel ready for training day and he trains J-Lo and A-Rod and all these people, Vin Diesel for all the Fast and Furious movies. And But Dodd is a hardcore warrior for Jesus. Like he is no joke warrior for Jesus. And to be quite frank with you, these people better be finding Jesus because I'm telling you, I mean, he definitely, he definitely brings the power and an anointing. But Dodd, the last eight years, has gone through a really, really horrible, um, horrible cancer battle with his wife, Sabina, who just went to heaven. And so he's had a very tough six or seven months because he lost the love of his life. And, um, and she was a powerful woman of God and warrior and awesome friend and sister in Christ. And, um, and um, Lenny had a, he had a dream. And in this dream, he's like, God had me talking to Sabina in this dream. And Sabina was like, he, she looked amazing. She looked like herself before the cancer. And I knew she was in heaven. And she was like, Lenny, I am so fine. Like, I'm so good. Everything's good. I feel great. I'm, and she's like giving him this full on praise report. And he's like, he goes, but at her feet was this little baby boy. And he goes, and I was like talking to her and she's like hugging. She kept hugging this little baby boy. And every now and then she would just reference him and, and I'm good and tell Dot I'm great. And we're great. And we're going to see him again and blah, blah, blah. So Lenny wakes up the next morning and he he's like, I know you know, God, I know it was the Holy Spirit saying to me, pick up the phone and call Dodd and share this. And he was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not like one of those like pastor guys or something who picks up the phone and calls and says, I had a word for you. I had a dream. I had a vision. The Lord said, so he didn't do it. So he said the whole day though went by and he kept getting like, he said, now I know now that it was the Holy Spirit. He's like, because it kept nagging at me, nagging at me, nagging at me. And every time I tried to do something else, I kept feeling like God was like, yeah, I told you pick up the phone and call Dodd. I need you to pick up the phone and call Dodd. So he said, this went on literally for like until late that night. And finally, he just picked up the phone and he called Dodd and he goes, you know, how you doing? And he said he talked to him for like 20 minutes because he was like arguing with himself even while talking to Dodd, like God this man just lost his wife. Like, I, I, I don't even, 
you know, I, I don't even know how this is going to go over. And I'm supposed to tell him I saw his wife and ask him who the little boy was and tell him I saw this little boy with her. He just didn't want to do it. You know, he felt weird about it. So he finally <laughs> says to Dodd, Dodd, I need to tell you something. I'm really uncomfortable. I'm not that guy, but I just feel like God's been nagging me all day about this. So he goes, I don't know, man. You know, this is more what, this is more Cynthia and her friends, but I'm going to do this anyway. So he said, he says to him, he goes, I had a dream and in the dream I talked to Cena and he goes, but Dodd, there was a little boy, a little baby boy sitting at her feet. And I'm telling you, like, I think it's the Lord that keeps saying to me to ask you and tell you, I saw this little baby boy. Who's the boy? Who's the baby boy? He says, Dodd breaks down on FaceTime. And I'm talking about, this is a big, this, this is a guy who's a big bodybuilding trainer in Florida who wrestles alligators. I'm not kidding you. Like for fun, he'll go out and just <laughs> alligator for fun or ride like, you know, a, a, a 55 mile bike ride in the morning before breakfast. Like Dodd is crazy. Oh my gosh, you guys. He said, Dodd is on FaceTime now broke down crying. And he goes, what are you saying to me? And he said, Lenny goes, she was with the baby boy. She said to tell you we're fine. And she's so happy and everything's better than he even knows. And Dodd goes, Lenny, I, you're my best friend and I have never told you this. He goes, in fact, we've never told anybody this. We've not told our children. We made a bond, Sabina and I, that we would never share this because she felt so much shame, but that's our baby. We had a miscarriage. And he said, and she felt like the fact that she was such a hardcore trainer, you know, and she ate very disciplined and they trained together and she felt that she was the reason why they lost their baby. And it happened years ago and they've taken it literally, they were taking it to the grave. And he said, you have no idea. The fact that if you would have told me I saw Sabina and she was fine, he goes, that would have been comforting. He said, but what you're telling me lets me know my wife is in heaven with our baby and I am going to see them again. And I just, he was like, you don't even know. You don't know. He said, I just got freed from grief in that moment. And Lenny was like, he was like, girl, what this has done for my faith is crazy. He goes, I, I did not. He goes, I'd hear these guys. They'd say things to me or I have a word for you. Or I have a this. He's like, I know that I know that I know that God is real. Mm. You know, yeah. crazy, right? Powerful yeah. story. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's so yeah. interesting how, <clears throat> I mean, just even how the Lord didn't let Lenny get away with not listening to him. Yeah. And I love, I love that. I love yeah. that. Like yeah. even the little things that, you know, come up in our life and, and then how that probably increased his faith. And that's what yeah. Like that's how we spur each other on. And like when we think like, I'm not really that person. I don't like do that. Yeah. And I think God just is like, oh, I can, I can use you. I can do whatever I right. want to do yeah. through you. Right. I think it's so encouraging. It's really it encouraging. It is. And, I, and I, that our testimony matters and that us speaking up matters. It matters in the kingdom to, to people who, you know, need hope and encouragement. It's true. So, if, you, if you think you don't want to open your mouth, it 
it might be time to open your mouth. But as, as you were saying with, I think uh, you were talking about the song, Cynthia, and what struck me was that wisdom. It's like, so we wisely open our mouths. Like we discern and, but we ask God for wisdom, wisdom in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the crazy thing is for Dodd, he's known Lenny. I mean, we've known Dodd since we were in our twenties. It's like a long, long time, a lot of life, a lot of life together. And he knows that Lenny's not the guy. He's not the guy that's, I had a dream and I have to tell you about this dream. And God told me he's just not that guy. So for him, and he kept saying the fact that it's coming from you, cause I know you, Lenny might err more on the side of, I'm not going to say anything because I'm afraid to step out of the boat in this way, in this kind of faith. I don't want to be- Lenny might have just become the guy. (laughs) I know. I know. You can tell him that. (laughs) Yeah. He just became the guy. Like that. Yeah. People like that because it's genuine and he's so just like, you know, like he's not just trying to be heard or seen. Like he's genuinely just like, dude, like, like those That's people are always such a pure from a pure place that, you know, it's just yeah. awesome. It is. And not trying, not trying to be noticed, just trying to be obedient. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Trying to be obedient. And, and even like, let me sidestep this. Cause I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, he said, he goes, it, the impression on my spirit, it, w- it wouldn't go away. He's like, it just kept nagging me all day. Call Dodd, call Dodd, call Dodd. You got to ask him about this baby boy. You got to talk to him. You got to tell him what happened. And so I just, I mean, for, for those of you watching, like be encouraged, you know, especially, you know, if you have had a miscarriage, you know, if you, you have had anything go wrong. If you're, if your life, you know, your married life or your dating life hasn't been perfect, like be encouraged. God sees you where you are right now, today, you know, in whatever it is. And all he wants is for us to be obedient to him. That's the thing. And when we're obedient, not only does our life get impacted, but the lives of everything and everybody around us, around you Mm. get impacted. You know, so, uh, you know, and, and it's funny because, again, when things like this happen, I, I always hear a worship song. And I just every time I've shared this story in the last few days, I keep hearing this is how we fight our battles. You know, mm-hmm. this is it. It's the word of our testimony, you know, yeah. and the blood of the lamb. It's how we overcome. It's mm-hmm. how we fight our battles. It's like it's exactly what you said, Nova. We have we all have to speak up. Yeah. It's it's so funny because this morning it was literally that was what was in my heart. I'm like, you know, with wisdom, with fear and trembling, actually, but with wisdom, we we do like, and certain parts of our testimony are for mm. the time. Mm. You know, it may not be our whole like. You know, you think oh, I don't want to give my testimony. It's like an hour, two hours long. It's like no. If when you're speaking with people, when you're having conversation, allow the Holy Spirit to show you what mm. is it in their situation or their struggle that my testimony can bring hope because mm. we are supposed to be hope slingers. We're supposed to be hope givers uh, because we have the hope of Jesus in us. And so our testimony is so important, but it may be just a piece of, of what you know brings us together to, to encourage them and to keep them, you know, 
seeking God and believing God because these are days where people can lose their hope pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I don't think anything, you know, I don't think of all the things that can cause you to lose hope and can test you. And this is probably a good place to pivot. uh, I think when you're, you're contending for a mate, you're contending for a spouse, you know, you're believing the Lord for one, you know, you're single, you're trying to navigate the desire of your heart to be with somebody. You're trying to navigate the fact that you're a Christian. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I know, cause I remember really trying to navigate, like I want to be loved, but then I have to play this game. Like I don't need love you know, especially with guys, you know, have put those walls up and those little, you know, those little snappy things on uh, to try to protect myself or look like I'm not really like getting hurt or whatever. And, and, and you just, you know, there's a significance in someone really seeing you, you know, that Mm. it's a God created desire inside of us. And then, you know, then we're trying to navigate a world that is not godly that's messy, that is encouraging of compromise to get what you want in the short run instead of walk the long run journey out. And sometimes it's a long run journey, you know? Um, It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, go on. Go, go. go Even with like, it was so crazy because I was literally just praying about that. And I was talking to a good friend yesterday about that, that I would say, for most of my 31 years of singleness, like I was out. Yeah. I actually was like voice texting one of my friends I went to India with and she's like 38 and single and like killing it for Jesus, you know? And I was just, you know, I was voice texting her and I was like, you know, for so long in my singleness, God gave me such a grace to really walk out, you know, the fact that I just loved being single. Like I would go out on tour and do ministry or go out on a trip and come back and it's like, I just loved being alone. I love doing stuff alone. And people would always be like, oh, don't you get lonely? And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm with people all the time. Like, I love, I love just doing, I love, I could just go to the beach for the day. I could do all this, you know, I could just, there's so many things I just love doing. I could spend a full week, you know, I with no human contact and I would be totally good. But, and it was like, God gave me a grace in that season to really walk out my singleness and in ministry where I didn't desire a spouse. I didn't desire a guy. People would be like, what about this person? And I'm like, no, I can't even picture being, having to text the same person all the time or being around the same person. I would be like, I need a break from you. I'll see you in a week. You know, it was like, I would, I would joke and be like, you know, all that stuff. But I'm in a season now where even like Ryan, you know, Reese, who's like my pastor, he sent me a message this last week by Chuck Smith, you know, where he was really talking about, I think it was when they were trying to find a wife for Isaac and that the servant got sent in the whole watering of the camel situation, you know? And he was just like, and so many people have said like, dude, we believe this is your time and this is your season. And honestly, when I got back from Idaho on tour, I was voice texting my friend this last week and I said, I really like, I came back and it was almost like for the first time ever that I wanted someone to come home to, you know? And I, there was that vacancy in my life where I was genuinely just like, Lord, like I really want, you know, even after our tour was over and all of my friends were talking about going home to their families, I was almost like, like, I want to go home to like a family, you know, I want to go home to like a spouse and, 
you know, in children, God's really been stirring this desire that I know is of him because it was almost like he gave me a grace in that season to do ministry as a single person, to be sufficient completely. But it was, it's like God has removed a grace to show me my need so much for like a husband in my life. Cause for so long I was like, girl, I'm single. I'm killing it. Like I don't need a man because I actually had some amazing men in my life that filled those roles. And I still do, but God is really, I believe removed just that grace where I didn't even desire that in the season in that season of life. And he's really removed that to show me like Christina, like this is what, like a man would be in your life. This is what a husband would be like. This is what a mate would be like to fill in those gaps, to fill in those roles. And I'm genuinely like, I mean, I've never prayed this, but I, even a couple of days ago, I was just like, Lord, like, like I'm ready for my husband, you know? And I've never said that dude. I've never been, there's been times where I'm like, Oh, that guy's cool or whatever. But I genuinely was like, Lord, I'm, I'm ready for who you have for me. And in that posture, it's not like I'm going out dating. It's not even like that. I'm even like necessarily looking. It's just that God is showing me like I was in Genesis two yesterday. I don't remember the last time I opened up to Genesis two, you know, about like that. It was like, God, like Adam was brought to Eve and just the roles of men and women and how like when God created them, like how they complement each other. And I'm really recognizing that honestly, for so long, I was so prideful in the fact that I was like, I'm good, dude. You know, I don't need, um, it wasn't even so much that I need. It was that God just gave me grace to walk out my singleness in a confident way. And I still am like, and it really is something that God has removed that desire for me to continually be single. And he's placed this, it's like he's, he's given me that desire and I know it's of him because for a while I was like, I don't, I'm not trying to get married, bro. Like I'm just trying to do, but he's given me a desire to like be married and to have a husband and a spouse and to have someone when I come home. And it's, um, I know it's of him, you know, and it's a God thing. Yeah, go ahead. Christina. So I, I, when I look at your life, I mean, yeah. I, I see you as such a team person. So there's yeah. something in you that God has given. You're such a team player. When I, ta- yeah. when I listen to you and watch you and um, I observe your life, because I'm yeah. not with you all the time, but I observe yeah. you being with the whosoever's and touring and being involved. It's, it's yeah. like God's all, he innately gave you this desire for team. Yeah. And so um, I think your teammate is yeah. coming right so because yeah. he's given you that desire and you've walked it out and you've been single like so yeah. that spot in your heart hasn't been taken by that love of your life but what's so interesting is you've really walked out the idea of team and when you move into marriage you will already know what it takes to be a team and yeah. that is a that's an imprint pretty important thing that you've learned and that you can really bring as a tool into your marriage, like in your tool belt. Like yeah. I get team, so I want to be a team player here. And yeah. I, I see it as so beautiful that you've walked it out so graciously. Um so I'm like I'm I'm really excited for you and yeah. and what God will con- continue to have for you. Yeah. Um so I, I don't know. I just felt like I really needed to tell you that, Thank that you, you understand team. And that's yeah. beautiful. Thank that, you. That yeah. is so, that's so good. And such an astute observation, Nova, because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, wow, 
you know, when I when I was when I was your age, Christina, I I did not know a lot about teen. You know, I think about it. I didn't. I I was always such a solo player and a soul survivor, you know, and and even in my career, I never I didn't really have like the team effort that, you know, I always felt like I was in fighting for my own survival by myself. And it wasn't until later that I learned the concept of team. As a matter of fact, to be honest with you, it was really late. And, you know, and I got married later. Um, first time, the first marriage, I don't really consider a marriage. It was more of uh, a, a momentary uh, lapse of sanity. And, and that's the testimony of my first book, Prodigal Daughter. But um, yeah, that was more like a, a, that's what God used to get me saved. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I, so I never really think of it as a marriage, but, but, you know, uh, I learned the concept of team. And I talk about this in that book. When I went away, I had just met Roger and we weren't dating. We were friends. We were very good friends. And I went away on a trip uh, to Miami, actually, by myself. And I went, I was staying at a friend's uh, place who wasn't there. And he's like, go, go, take your time there. Have the key. You know how to get in, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I decided to read a book that had been sitting on my bedside table for probably a year or two. Like, And it was sitting there because I wanted to be like that person, of course, who read those kind of books. And the book was Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And it was, you know, it was like the biggest best-selling book. So of course I needed to have that book. I just never felt the need to read that book, really. I was too busy. <laughs> it's like, and so I go away on this trip by myself and I'm thinking, that's it. I'm gonna read this book. You know, I have this friend Roger, what a great guy friend he is, and I was fellowshipping with him a lot and I was learning and asking him questions, and that was super cool because I never had a guy friend. Friend, I was not attracted to him. Ladies, pay attention because a lot of you may have your spouse in your arena already, but you've just not seen him. He's been hidden to you for some reason or another. So Roger was totally hidden to me in that way. I just love that he knew the Lord and that I could grow in the Lord with him. And so um, so I just go away by myself and I open up this book and I'm like, I'm finally going to read this book. And the first sentence of the book says, it's not about you. And I freaked out. I mean, I had a flipping nervous breakdown. I started crying and I was like, well, then what is it about? Like, I don't get it, God. Like, this is so crazy. No, this can't be the book that I'm supposed to read because it's all about me. It's always been about me. It's about how hard I work. It's about my efforts. It's about what I do to, to, to set the plan, to make the structure, to choose a guy, to get ahead. Like, I was raised and it was all about me and my and I and on and my career and I have to do and so I literally you I mean I I can laugh about it now because it's hilarious when I think about like boy what a juvenile Christian this was but I was really like my entire paradigm shifted because you know and I recommend you read the book if you haven't but when you read that book the whole beginning of the book Rick just breaks you down it's not about you it's not anybody, it's not about anything you thought that's about you. It's not I, 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 me, me, me. And then finally you're at like, okay, God, I surrender, but what's it about? And then all of a sudden you begin to be built up in the reality that what it's about is you as part of the kingdom of God. And I was like, no, my whole relationship with the Lord is alone. 
You know, it's me. It's alone. I go away alone to talk to the Lord. It's about the Lord. For the first time, the Lord showed me, you know, the eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. We are the body of Christ. And together, when we work in unison, we answer each other's questions. We push each other forward. We support each other. We encourage each other. We help each other. And hopefully in the world that we're living in today, we get a lot of people saved because we need that. And so it's really deep because I learned about partnership late. And it's so crazy because when I finally saw Roger as my husband, when the Lord said, this is your husband, I mean, and we had moved from friends to now we were dating. He showed me a vision in prayer and the two of us, there was no male, there was no female. We both looked like foot soldiers and Roger would walk this way and I would follow. And then it would flip and I would walk this way and Roger would follow. And so we were doing this journey of following and leading, following and leading to the same partners, unity at the feet of Christ. And he literally showed me him sitting on the throne and the two of us before him, you know, without identity, just serving him in unison. And that's when I realized the concept of partnership in coupling is so deep that if it ain't God, you are just, you're just walking all out of unison, all out of sync, all out of where he wants you. You're missing the fact that we're coupled together with somebody to fight the war for the kingdom of God. Mm. It's, it's Amen. deep. And that's that, why. That is like the most beautiful picture, the way you shared that. It's like, mm. that's just so it, Cynthia. That actually just really touched me, that visual. It was uh, because we cool. are like, we have to understand partnership and what it means to not only just be a teammate, but like the teammate, <laughs> you yeah. know? Right. So it's like we've, but when we practice living out, like you've lived CB, um, it's a beautiful preparation for what's to come and you know how to battle. And the truth is it isn't, it's not all unicorns and rainbows being married. It is you get, you know, the, in here, there's a, there's a crushing and there is a sharpening and it, it's, it's not always easy. And that, that ego and that self wants to, you know, be the one and in control. And, and I, that submitting one to another is, you I mean, walking that out is, is challenging, you know, and it's, but yeah. it is beautiful when you when you come to that and when you humble yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, even, like a, even like a question for you guys like even for you know like I, I mean I've been single for I mean my entire existence and there's people that even for Cynthia as long as you were single and for a lot of women who have maybe been single for a long time and if God's been stirring their heart you know for marriage like what even that transition of going from a single person to being in a relationship to being married, like what advice would you guys give like encouragement of things you learned the hard way, maybe even Cynthia, like for you, like I'm sure there were things you had to learn like the hard way of going from like, I'm single and I'm independent. I'm doing my thing to now being married with Roger and you being like, Oh, well, I have this other person now. Same thing with you, Nova. Like what? Cause that's like a, it's a drastic change going from ah. single to marriage. 
So you like what question would you give of maybe some of the hard things that you maybe had to walk through that you can then pass on to be like, learn from my mistakes or something. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, I wasn't, I'm curious. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. I wasn't good. single very long. Um, yeah. I was a baby when I got married, but the truth is I, you know, I was in very, a very a challenging uh, relationship. And before I met my husband and honestly, I did most everything wrong <laughs> just to be totally honest with you. I just, um, I didn't have premarital sex, but I thought I was just doing so good, but I was messing around um, in ways that were just super inappropriate. And I, I, I was like always just walking this line of like, I know I love God, but like, Ooh, I really, you know, love this guy. And I put up with so much. And I think the struggle for me was I was looking to have fill the dad void. I was looking to have somebody tell me I was just so beautiful. And I, I really, to be honest with you, I wasn't really truly discipled. And I think, you know, as a young, as a young woman these days, you have to be, you really need people in your life to speak wisdom. And I, I just really didn't have anybody, to be honest with you. I had um, a couple women, you know, that were kind of in and out of my life, which, which was such a blessing. But I think I, I really, I really needed to be discipled. And that wasn't really part of the church culture that I was in, everybody just looked at me like she can sing and she's doing great. And you, it, it just felt very, there was a lot of disingenuous things going on probably. And I, I really wished, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, it would just would have been so nice, nice. If somebody would have said to me, stop, stop the nonsense, stop it. Oh, no, and I, I wish that I would have had somebody do that for me. And and I, it's interesting because the person who I didn't get along with at all growing up was my brother. We were five years apart, but he wanted a brother and I was a sister and there was so much rejection there. But he's the one that sat me down and said, like, okay, you got to stop this. And I didn't even want it from him. But you know what's so interesting? When you're desperate enough, you receive it. Okay. So, so that that that's powerful, Nova. I can relate. I, 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 I've said this a thousand times. I didn't have anybody. I didn't have anybody like, like us for sure. Who, I mean, I had, I had my one friend Dion who would kind of be like, okay, stop. You are so blessed. I've never known anybody more blessed than you. How could you be worried or how could you be, but I'd be looking at her and I, I didn't understand anything though. I, 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 nothing. But here's, here's the thing that I know in my short, like, you know, cause I got married just barely 21 is I also had, you know, so much, like I wanted to appear perfect. I want to appear that had all t- So I wasn't necessarily open to someone speaking into my life. And I have to own that. Yeah. I had, I have to, I had to own that and go, I, I was, I was a pretending that I knew what I was doing and that didn't help me. And so I would implore women that are, you know, in this stage of life, whether they're young and single or older than uh, older and single, I would say just be teachable. I, I think I wanted to be the teacher and not the taught. And that, yeah. you know, looking back on that, I, I feel so sorry for that Nova because she wasn't, she wasn't available, available to be taught and wasn't willing mm-hmm. because of fear, because I, I wanted to, 
people to like me. I wanted them to think I was okay because I had so many wounds, you know, that I wasn't accepted. And so there's a whole bunch wrapped into that, you know? So while I wasn't single very long, I mean, it is a miracle that I have remained steadfast within marriage because what I set myself up for, there was a lot of hard things, but what I set myself, I didn't set myself up necessarily for this perfect life. It took much surrender in marriage. It took much conversation. It's not easy when you have even this, I mean, I would say 21 years is still alive, but it wasn't like, I didn't go through all these crazy things. I just didn't set myself up mm-hmm. how I want my daughter to be set up, how I'm trying to set her up to, yeah. to know who she is, to understand her identity, you yeah. know? Um, so not yeah. that you don't need a man. It's not that it's like, you just need to know who your father is and he loves you and that everything that he gives you is just, that's just on top of like, he loves you. It's, it's, mm-hmm. He's not trying to prove his love to you by giving you more. So he's like, you already are loved. Mm-hmm. You already accepted. And I love you. And, you know, so. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I, I think like to the, I, maybe to the other side of your question also, Christina, like when I finally did, you know, I had to, well, I, when I finally did know this is the man that I believe God wants me to marry um, I needed a lot of inner healing, you know, to deal with the doors that I had opened in my life as a single girl and to, and to, uh, and I had a lot of brokenness to confront that I would have carried into my marriage brokenness that, I mean, that, you know, I did carry into my marriage. And so for me, like the in practicality, after you, now you've been single for a long time, you've done things the way that you do things for a long time right and wrong for better and worse, you get married. And then I think the hardest part for me of plugging in the person was there was a person there now 24 seven. And, mm. you know, and I, we're fairly selfish human beings. I mean, I, I sure was. And I think the, you know, look at children, how selfish are children, right? You know, like I, I, I often think about this, you know, my husband always says, if you don't want to change poopy diapers, don't go into ministry. Well, it, it's true because, you know, kids sort of like, they poop in their pants and they look at you like, you're going to change this, right? You're going to clean this up. You're going to make this better. <laughs> like they're totally dependent on you. And it's a beautiful thing. But then at the same time, it's kind of like crazy. Like if there's a cookie jar, they're just going to eat all the cookies. They don't know that they're going to get sick. They don't really, they don't care about that. They just care that they want the cookies right now. And so in a way, kids are very in the moment and selfishly kind of feeding and doing what they want to do. And I, you know, we don't change much until we realize that we need to grow up, get mature and change much. And so for me, it's like having a person in, in my space. It's now the flip side is I don't want to ever live in my space without my husband because I'm, I love him and he's my guy. He's my, he's my person. Right. But like some days I'm like, I wish my person would go to the other side of the house and just let me do what I want to do, be what I want to be, say what I want to say without any accountability. And and it's that little child that will kind of come back or, you know, so for me, part of, I think, finding balance in being with another person, you know, and being a good partner, because you're supposed to be partners, right? So now we're in this partnership. For me, it's been imperative that I constantly recreate and reassess with the Lord, my identity in Christ, 
yeah. you know, to a lot of what Noble was saying, to know who I am, to know what God wants of me, what's calling on my life. Because if if not, then I would get lost and probably look, you know, more than I do on some days, being really honest, at my husband to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And no, that's not right. That's not, it's not your spouse or your mate or your future spouse or your future mate's responsibility to make you happy. Their responsibility is to love you like Jesus does, to be willing to lay down his life for you, uh, the way Christ laid down his life for the church, like all that mm-hmm. stuff, the paradigm of the bride and the groom, us being the bride to Christ, that's all for marriage. That's all what that's about. But, you know, only Jesus can fill that void that makes us happy. So the closer you come to a marriage rooted in Jesus on this earth, the better you'll be. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, you know, it's, it kind of takes me, I, I kind of want to throw a question out there, you guys, because we're sort of here and we've touched on it, but, you know, a lot of what we've talked about, I think is, is skirting around. And, and one of the comments that came in um, on the YouTube channel talked about how, you know, there was no focus on, um, being single and dating in a lot of young women's churches, you know, mm-hmm. they just didn't have anybody there. And Irene wrote in, how can we encourage the men in church to step up as spiritual fathers and brothers on my behalf? They're valuable. Okay. So she's saying, how do we encourage them to step up on her behalf They're Because she's their valuable, precious sister, daughter right? Sometimes the attitude is to not get involved or offend. And, and it's, it's true. And, you know, nobody, you kind of said it like you didn't want to hear from your brother. In fact, you might've been a little offended by the fact that he stuck his nose into your stuff. Yeah. Cause he was living all worldly. And I was like, I don't need you. I, I mean, right. Right. Actually, he, he had actually become a Christian. Like actually, I think by the time he sat me down. So actually that's, not true, but yeah, I mean, I, but I didn't really want to hear from him because I was like, you've been living like a hot mess and now you like think you can give me advice. Right. But I, but when he did, I tell you, I will never forget it. He just mm. sat me on my bed and he looked in my eyes and he's like, you deserve better. Mm. And I, it was probably the most meaningful moment I've ever had with my brother. Mm. I've had a lot since then, but like he may not even remember it, but I, I sure do. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting that that question was asked because I think we have to, uh, yeah, I guess just be open to invite them. Invite, yeah. Invite it, you know, and, and I would say, I'm reading this really interesting little book and I hope this makes sense. It's called the preacher and prayer bounce. It is from like the 1900s, but the most beautiful quote that's in here he says that you know men and women so men are god's method the church is looking for better methods but god is looking for better men god is looking for better men and women you know um and i just am like man we're always looking for like well tell me how to date and tell me how to do it but you know what we're looking for the method we're looking for give me a through give me one through ten and i'll work down my list and check my boxes but you know we're not like these methods while it, it's awesome because we're building our character through all this stuff. The truth is like, we're looking for all this stuff when God's just looking for better men and women who are submitted 
not better doing better things so that we appear good, but he's just more interested in who we're becoming. Mm, yeah. yeah, you're right. And I think, I mean, Irene, I think the, the, the short answer to that question, your, the first part of your question is simply invite them in. I mean, like I know I was always so like, I'm cool. I got it. That, I mean, my image to everybody that I carefully created. And then a part of it was true. I'm strong. I do kind of have it in some ways, but I, I was very protective about who got to see my vulnerability. I only mm-hmm. had one or two guy friends that were allowed to see that part. I mean, Lenny mm-hmm. and, and my, and, and my, and Robbie, you know, they were my two guy friend brothers and they got to see me cry. They got to see me snivel when the relationship went sour. They got to see the ugly, but in all honesty, I wish that I were humble enough and knowledgeable enough. Cause I think with knowledge comes humility. Hear me on that. Cause if with your knowledge, you are getting prideful and puffed up, you ain't getting knowledge. You're just getting, you're, you're, you're missing it. Cause with knowledge, cause the more knowledge I've gotten, the more humble I've become. Cause I realize I need the grace of God every day to get through even saying hello to a human being correctly. So how can we encourage the men to step up? I would have gone to them and Irene, I encourage you go to them if you, and say to them, Hey, you know, I'm single. I want to date. I, or I'm single. I've met someone and I, you know, you're my brother in Christ and I'm your sister in Christ. Um, or you're a spiritual covering for me. So you're a father in Christ and I'm like a daughter and I invite you in to comment on this relationship that I'm in or this journey that I'm on. I need advice. I would like you to Mm -hmm. feel free. I will not be offended even if you're wrong, but tell me what you see. How am I doing? Take my temperature. Give me some feedback. I invite you in. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it it is the, I mean, I'm thinking about it It really is the invitation. It's like, yeah, like I, I think that men sometimes look at, you know, women like, well, you know, they think they know it all anyway. And I, I, it's, it's, it's true. Like I, I have had, you know, men say that. And I think it would be quite refreshing for a group of women to say, Hey man, we just, we really want you to step up. Not the pastor saying, men, we need you to step up and become men. I think there's a certain beauty in, in women coming and saying, Hey, you know, we, we want to step up in who we are, but we really want to hear from you. And then when someone's given that, they're like, Oh my goodness, somebody expects something. Okay. I better show up and, and I better show up here. And there is like a little bit of a pressure, but I think it's a good pressure because it's iron sharp. That is iron sharpening iron. Right. Right. And Irene goes on to say, I'm walking with the Lord and I still have a desire for marriage and life partnership. However, I'm struggling to know how to take steps toward Mm -hmm. this. Honestly, I think Mm -hmm. the first step is to invite some some guys in to, you know, spiritually kind of speak into that. Now, these have to be mature spiritually, not just guys. Yeah, fathers and and mothers too, you know, get some mothers, you know, I mean, and, and, and I think prepare yourself, you know, it's like, read Proverbs. I mean, Christina, we opened up one week talking and you were like, and so I've been in Proverbs 31 and blah. And I was like, uh Oh, now I've known this sister for a minute now. And she's never said I'm actively preparing now to be a wife. 
And I saw it. It was all over you. You weren't like looking. Preparing, girl. Right. So you want to be a wife and start preparing. You know, keep preparing. And for those of you who feel like I've been preparing for a whole long time and it hasn't happened, don't give up. Like, keep preparing. Keep pressing in. You know, why hasn't it happened, Lord? What are you trying to teach me? What is there about my single journey that's important to you that you got me here still? Because trust me, your journey as a single woman of God with a knowledge of the Bible and a relationship with Christ is so important. And and I'm telling you, man, like you, you know, you get married and it's very easy to fall into that and to fall out of the importance of who you are as an individual. Yeah. And I also want to speak into that too, that you might not have like godly brothers in your life or like anyone, like I have so many amazing godly brothers in my life and I'm blessed with that. But sometimes you might not have that in your life, but it's like, you have so many messages that, you know, I was listening to Vody Bauckham has an amazing book called what he must be right to date his daughter. And even in that, you know, as a father, he, he, I listened to the sermon this last week and he was talking about just imploring like the daughters in the church, you know, he's like, listen, this is not what he, you know, should be or what you want him to be, but what he must be like, he has to be a priest. Like he has to intercede and go before the Lord on behalf of you and your family. He has to be a prophet. Like he has to speak God's word. He has to be a provider. He has to be a pursuer and a protector. And I was so encouraged. I walked away and I was like, yes, dude. And then the next day at our young adults group, I had a girl come up to me and she just said, Hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah. And she said, you know, she said she had been dating someone for X amount of time and that she wanted to, he wasn't a Christian. And so she said that, you know, she believed that they had talked about getting married, but she believed that God had someone else for her. Cause she's drawing closer to the Lord. And she's like, this guy's not a Christian. And it's crazy. Cause I was just, I sent her that message and I was like, she doesn't have any of those guys in her life, but that message encouraged her. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like, you could really, you know, even check out Nova's YouTube channel, you know, look at messages, you know, like I know Ken Graves has an amazing series, Vody Bauckham, just people that really, you know, like Nova's thing, like her and her husband give practical things as a teammate where as a team where they could really just pour in to be like, this is what you deserve. Cause sometimes you need a picture and a vision of what to, what like you're looking for. It's like, if I have a picture of like, Oh, like I really feel like it's going to be like that. Like it gives you something to run towards. But if you don't know what you're looking for, like even Vody Bauckham's like thing, I was just like, dude, yeah, that's what, you know, Yeah, that's like standards in my life, you know? And so there's so many books on marriage and dating, but in singleness, but really be careful because sometimes in the Christian world, there could be a lot of very misleading books, you know, and a lot of books that aren't necessarily filled with God's word or really like god's voice it's just books but really just seek out like godly teachers that teach it good you know so yeah yeah and i i i feel sad that the church you know that there are viewers watching who feel like the church isn't really dealing with them or you know or discipling them as single people there are some ministries that that do um And I think, you know, I'm glad. Thank you, Christina, for sharing just like some of the people that are getting you through. Because, man, you know, 
it's all about becoming a wife beforehand. Um, thank mm -hmm. you for that comment, Anna. Um, and you can't become a wife beforehand if you don't have people to help you even understand and process what those yeah. wives in the Bible were and are and who they were and how they are and Proverbs 31 and studying it is, you know, studying it, it's so much deeper, you know, than, than what it looks like at first glance. And I mean, this is, you know, this is the queen mother preparing her son, you know, to, to be the king and um, picking a wife for him and trying to, you know, speak into what, you know, hey, you know, this is, yeah. this is what it has to be. And yeah, Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And it's, yeah, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Does he? Question mark. Like, he who finds a wife is supposed to find a good thing. And I, I know I have a lot of spiritual sons, man. And I, honestly, a lot of them have found a good thing. And, mm -hmm. and a couple of them have, have they've built it on the wrong foundation. And so they haven't found a good thing. They found a potential nightmare. You know, they found they found an argument partner. They found somebody to fight with. They found, mm -hmm. you know, a baby mama or they found a, huh. You know, it's like when you do it your way and you take matters into your own hands, he won't be finding a good thing and you won't be finding a good thing either. You know, um, I love this comment from Cecilia. My brothers and dad always said, never be the chaser, be the chosen. Mm, that's good. We're not, yeah, we're not, we're not. But you guys, we live in a generation of girls that everything on social media tells them to chase. Put it out there. Go for it. If you want it. Tell him you want it. Oh, I can't tell you how many experiences my husband has had on airplanes where, you know, flight attendants or whomever just came up and said, do you want to come home with me? Wow. Yep. yep. Cause you know, Roger travels so much for business. He's got tons of stories of, I mean, just straight up. You want to go have sex? I mean, he had one girl literally say to him, you want to go have sex? Oh my goodness. I know. Man. I know. And I'm like, and, and for me, you know, someone said to me, Oh my God, do you get, does it make you nervous when he goes away or how does that make you feel? And I just laughed. I'm like, it doesn't make me feel any way except, Oh my God, this poor girl, how embarrassed she must've been. Cause I know him. I mean, I know he, I know he would shut it down, but it's not about him and what he would do. It's more, my heart goes to this woman. Like yeah. seriously, like that's what you think about yourself. Like, it's, yeah. it's so interesting because there's like so much control in there. It's just about yeah, controlling. Yeah. yeah. It's just control, 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 you yeah. know, and uh, we live in such an out of control world. And these women, young and old, are really finding are looking for some semblance of being like, okay, and in control and desired. And but like, then I'm going to. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a wild time. Yeah. I tell you, I mean, I guess I suppose it always has been. We, we see it more prevalent because we're, it's always in our faces with social media and how people present themselves. And, um, you know, I, it, yeah. it breaks my heart because I know, you know, you know, that the, that foolishness is foolishness and it ends in disaster. No matter how you slice it, mm -hmm. it ends up in disastrous things. Now, 
Yeah. When we become surrendered and we've gone through all those things, then God can always turn it around. That's the hope that we have. No matter what we've been through and how we've presented ourselves, then when we come to him, he's a good father and he graciously helps us turn it, you know, turn it that morning (laughs) because we've made mistakes into dancing in the future. But it, yeah, it does. I'm with you, Cynthia, that, and that that's maturity and wisdom on you. That's wisdom. It's like, man, I, I'm not going to be like, well, you better, you got to do this, Roger. And yet it's like, no, that the, the empathy for that woman, that oh. is kingdom thinking. That's kingdom oh. living and thinking. It's like, oh, oh totally. pray for her. Yeah, totally. Because the reality is if she sat down next to some of my guy friends, she'd have got taken home and used and then kicked to the curb. And and those moments of feeling that she was powerful and in control because she got the guy off the plane would have quickly turned into a walk of shame because that's what it would have been because she wouldn't yeah. have gotten a phone call in return. And and all those, maybe he's just not that into all that stuff, you know, now starts to play. But she sat down next to a godly man. And I really feel sorry because I know like, oh, God, there's nothing worse than getting shut down by a man because he knows the truth and he's shutting you down and he's pitying you at the same time and praying for you. It's like, uh, that I know that must feel horrendous. And, and, you know, I'm like, I'm looking at God giving her God's was just um, showing her some attention. God was showing her the right attention by having Roger there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at Ashley's comment, you know, as we kind of get down to the end for today and it's so beautiful. And Ashley writes, I tell my older two sons that when they meet a young lady, treat her as you would want your dad to treat me and how you want some young man to treat your little sister. Mm. I mean, yeah. Mm. Thank you for that, Ashley. Because could you imagine you guys like, you know, for for those of you watching, like it doesn't really matter what kind of home you came from or come from in your mind of what's beautiful. How would you want your dad to treat your mom? How would you want your little sister to be treated and begin to elevate yourself to that place of knowing that you deserve to be treated like the daughter of God that you are? And this dating journey is not about you chasing, but it's about you being chosen, but it's also about you knowing that you ultimately get to say yes or no to who's choosing you, meaning that you're the ultimate one doing the choosing, Mm. you know, it's, you're the ultimate one doing the choosing. So you want to choose well, and you want to understand the power of that, you know, and you want to, and I think honestly, you guys, a lot of women don't understand that we have the power, you know, it, 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 it's, it, the bar is set by us. You know, if, if, if the bar is we're in this game and we're hoping to be chosen to for sex, I mean, they're, wow, what a low game you're choosing to play. You know what I mean? There's no power in that. You know, the power is in the fact that we say yes and we say no, you know, and um, you got to start to submit and surrender that power to God once you realize how much you have, because you do, you know, and, and um, 
I think I'm going to save this last comment until next week, but it's interesting because, you know, it talks, it says church guys from, it's from Pinu and it says church guys seem to prefer grace dating, pursuing all the outside ladies as the one and bringing them in. (sighs) Yeah. And we, I think this is a big one because I do think that this dating journey often turns into an excuse to kind of just sample a lot of chicks, you know, for guys in the church, you know, guys in the church. And, you know, woe to you who hold the name of the Lord in unrighteousness. You know, that's, that's what I would say, because I think it goes back to Ashley's comments and it goes back to what we all know. Like when you're dating someone, whether, and I'm speaking to you as men and you as women, when you're dating someone, you're dating them to see if you're doing it in a godly way, you're dating them prayerfully to see, is this my spouse? And honestly, I think you should probably be just getting to know them and sitting back and waiting for the Lord to talk to you because the Lord truly talked to me. I didn't have to date and figure it out and pray. Lord, is he the one? And none of that existed. I was not attracted to my husband. He was my friend and God spoke. And then the attraction and everything he then began to give to us as we stepped into what we both knew God was calling us to. And I think that's part of the problem. I think what we're doing is kind of like, I like him. Now let me start praying. I like her. Let me start praying if she's the one. And, And then you can end up in some bad places. Yeah. You know, so... Anything you guys, yeah. Anything you want to leave us with in closing for the week, guys? I just liked what you said, like just, like just waiting on the Lord, you know, waiting on the Lord that he's going to do it, you know, even as when I was in Genesis 2 yesterday and just really realizing that when Adam recognized Eve, it was like, he said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He recognized who she was because it was literally like it said that like God like created, he fashioned. It's like, you know, he built Eve for Adam. Like he like, and and I just think of like when God partners people, like I think of like Nova and like her husband, it's like, like God fashioned like Ricky for Nova and Nova for Ricky and like Cynthia, like you for Roger and Roger for you. And it's like, people need to see like, to live from that perspective, like, yeah. Like, is this person fashioned for me? Like, God, is this bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh? Because a lot of people know that someone is not for them, but they still like to play with fire, you know? And so it's really just exactly like hearing from the Lord. Just wait to hear from the Lord instead of trying to make it happen in your own strength. So mm-hmm. yeah. that is my drop bone of my yeah. bone, flesh of my flesh. Flesh, of my flesh. And how many times, yeah. how many times have, you know, have I before realizing all of this stuff and, and learning and submitting and surrendering to it, man. I think about how many times was I shoving somebody else's flesh in mine and trying to make the wrong bone fit with my bone. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, no, yeah. it was just a no, you know, and there's some of you watching and you, you really are getting this. And I, I just want to encourage you. It's better to be alone and in God's will than with somebody yeah. outside of God's will. Yeah, girl. That's it. That's, That's it. it. It is. That's it. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. It's truly it, you know? Yeah. And I, and honestly, I think we're going to leave you with that right there, mm -hmm. you know, today. And I love you guys, man. Thank love you. Guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good to see you, you know, it's and fun, thank, guys. You. thank you guys. For oh, we're so rich. Yeah. It is. God bless you guys. And for all of you watching, we love you. The Lord loves you even more. And uh, you've been a part of another girl club. Real girls having real talk about real issues and applying real faith. So good luck with your week. And as you go about living your real life, check in with your real faith because he's real. And that's what we know. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.